Hey, how's everyone going tonight? Who, uh, who loves Pastor Teresa? I'm always inspired with her God downloads and the way that she prophesies over people it just brings such encouragement. It lifts me up just hearing those. It's just like, oh, I feel great. This is awesome. But uh, hey, you guys can grab a seat. Thank you, band, so much. Let's give it up for the bands. You know, our church is booming at the moment. We are moving forward. There is so much good things happening and so many good things to come throughout this year. And uh, I just want to do a special uh, mention to all our young adult team. <laughs> uh, our young adult team, they're doing such a fabulous job. Uh, most Sunday nights after church, we go out to Grilled. And uh, I think we got a photo of last week. And uh, we're seeing like 40 to 50 guys come out. Uh, after Sunday night church, come and, come and get, get some food, and you, you might see a few funny faces there. And, um, but, uh, you know, we're better together, and uh, our young adult team's doing such a great job. They're running connect groups. They're running events. They're also, like, organizing social events. They're doing such a great job leading the young people in our church. Uh, I'd love for them to stand up right now. All our young adult team, let's give them a big rap in the house. I'm so thankful for you guys. You're just uh, pioneering the way. And uh, as uh, uh, Teresa said, we launched our new series today, Small Things with Big Differences, or Small Things, Big Difference. And Jeremy preached an outstanding message this morning uh, about uh, building, a, building a quiet time with God. And it was so, so... Um, I personally loved it because he had a heap of rugby analogies in there, and um, which was great. It's like church and rugby. I think they can work together quite well. So, <laughs> and uh, but <laughs> um, but uh, for all Australian supporters, Dan Frecker will be available after the service to pray for you. Um, Australia lost to Scotland, Scotland yesterday uh, of all teams, but uh, Dan still believes there's hope. So. Um, he can, he can pray for you after the, <laughs> after the service. Uh, but hey, today I just want to talk about small things, big difference about intim- around the intimacy of God. You know, the word, the word we use to... Intimacy is a kind of a weird saying in our culture today. But when we look it up, it actually says intimacy is about a closeness, a togetherness, a familiarity. <laughs> Close relationship, friendliness, companionship, affection, warmth, understanding. This is what an intimate relationship looks like. Have you ever been to a wedding before and uh, you've seen the bride and the groom? And the, the groom's the groom's the the groom the groom is sitting there all um, all flustered, and then uh, the bride comes and he calms down a little bit. <laughs> And uh, talking about myself, I was like, oh. And, um, but this is, when, when, they're, when they're holding hands and they're looking at each other, and uh, you can see, you can see the warmth. You can see the closeness. You can see the affection that they have for one another. You can tell they have an intimate relationship. And you know what I found? What I found is this is what it's like with God. God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. 
He doesn't want you to just know of him, but he wants to, he wants to have a relationship where there's a closeness with him, a togetherness with him, uh, an affection towards each other, a warmth and understanding in our, in our walk with him. Um, this is what God intended for us in the very beginning in Genesis chapter two and three is that God, he created us to be with him intimately. Above all else, he didn't care what we could do or what we were able to do. He just wanted to be with us. The Bible says that he walked with Adam and Eve in the evening and in the morning of each day just to be with them in an intimate relationship. And when we, and I want to tell you tonight that God wants to know you intimately, each and every single one of us. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you've been coming to church uh, for the first time tonight or you've been coming for 10, for 10 years. God has always got more for you. God has always got more connection for you, more closeness with you. So tonight I'm going to share about a few things in my personal journey that helped me build a closer relationship with God. They're not anything particular. They're not in any particular order, nor are they... Only things that build intimacy, they're not the only things that build relation, intimacy with God. It's just things that have helped me in my journey. Uh, so I hope they help you tonight. So the first one is trust. Everyone say trust. Any intimate relationship, the foundation, it needs to be trust. You know, I'm married to a, a gorgeous lady, my beautiful wife, Shekinah, and uh, four years last month. Oh. But our relationship doesn't work if we didn't have trust between us. We need, we need trust to build a relationship with each other. And it's the same with God. We need to trust God. Here's a question for you tonight. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? Because for me, I didn't. For, for a long time. Yeah, I knew God, I knew, I felt his presence, but you know what, a thing that was always blocking me is I had some personal walls up in my life that stopped me going deeper with him. You know, we have this uh, cheesy saying, uh, you might have heard it before, it's, uh, Jesus has got the wheel of my life. And, uh, you know, I believe there's three types of people uh, in, in, the, in the church here tonight. It's, uh, first one is, some people here tonight, Jesus has got total control, control of your life. You completely trust him. And uh, good, good for you. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> some of you tonight are like my mom teaching me to drive. So you're like, you know that you need to trust Jesus. You give him certain areas of your life, but then you're sitting next to him freaking out every step he makes. <laughs> And other of you, others of you here tonight, you're starting to realize that you don't trust God as well. You know, so for me, because, you know what the thing that was stopping me from trusting God is because I saw God through the, through the filter of my pain and brokenness in my own life. You know, God is a good father. Well, I didn't have a good dad, so the term good father kind of didn't mesh with me too well. God will always be there. But I had people in my life that it always should have been there that weren't. So that kind of messed with me too. God is your provider. Well, I've had a lot of lack in my life. So how can I 
trust that God will provide for me. I was looking at God through the filter of my pain and my hurt and my past experience. And it stopped. It wasn't God holding back from me, but it was me internally holding back from God. And, uh, you know, but there was two things that helped me. There's two things that helped me build trust, or three things actually, that helped me build trust with God. The first one was keep rocking up to church. We are in a place of faith. You cannot but help experience the power of God in this place. When you're in a place of faith where God is moving so powerfully, you begin to open up your heart little by little bit, little by little. The second thing I did was I confessed the word, who God was every day. Not what I thought he was, but what the Bible says he is. You know, confessing what the word of God says God is. If, you know, if you're thinking that I think like this way, but the Bible says this, that's actually a mindset that's not, not of God in your life. And so I confessed every morning. I had a... I had a, it written out. I'd confess it over my life every morning, every night, until I started to believe it. Certain things started to come more naturally. Other things didn't. It took a lot, lot longer. Um, the other thing that I decided to do, and uh, I didn't know then what it, how to say it, but, <coughs> but I made the decision that I would always pursue my own personal freedom and healing that I would make a decision that no matter what stage of my life or that I was in, that I'm never going to have it all together, but that, I would, but that I would always pursue more freedom and more healing in my life. You know, this happened through uh, talks with my leader. This happened at connect groups. This happened at church on Sunday and responding to an altar call. It, 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 it happened when I was reading books. Probably one of the most impacting ones was our Day of Freedom course. I did Day of Freedom. I spent some time as just to, just to sit with someone and unravel some of the unhealthy habits in my life that were holding me back. You know, we got Day of Freedom coming up this Saturday. This Saturday, led by the mighty Rod Frecker. Where is Rod? Stand up, Rod. Let's get Rod. <laughs> But I encourage you, if, if, if you haven't done Day of Freedom, to sign up to Day of Freedom. Or if it's been like 12 months since you've last done Day of Freedom, to do it again. Because you know what? Life happens and stuff gets on us again. So to keep pursuing the journey of healing and freedom in your life. Psalm 33 verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. You know, I want to say this tonight. You can trust God in everything. He is faithful no matter what. God, you can trust. Second one, and this was a big one for me. Probably the biggest was to stop. Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She, said, she, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted with all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister have, has left me to do all the work by, by myself? Tell her to help me. Yo, know, this moment's intense. Son of God, Jesus, and Martha is giving it to Jesus in this moment. Lord, don't you care? It's like, oh, she, she crazy. Um, and Jesus reply, Martha, Martha, cool, calm, and collected, Jesus. The Lord answered, you worry and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Many, Mary has chosen the better and it will not be taken away from her. You know, we live in, they're calling this time, uh, this, this time frame, uh, the, the information era. Not the, you know, like the medieval era, the industrial era. They're calling this time the, the information era, where studies have shown that what we've achieved in the last hundred years, and by 2020, we'll be achieving the same amount every three years. That's how fast we, that's how fast of a world that we are in, how fast of a pace. We live in an era that is constantly pulling for our, to, our attention and, our, and, our, and, our, and many of our decisions. Um, it's saying Generation Z, the generation after the millennials, will be able to comfortably multitask eight to 12 things at once. Go them. I don't know. Comfortably multitask eight to 12 things at once. So they go, they'll be fidget spinning all over the shop. I don't know. But if we are not careful, we can become like Martha's, missing the sacred moment with Jesus because when we're occupied with so many other things. You know, I got a new phone the other day. I can do text, call, photos, email, rugby scores, um, what's it? Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. I can do everything on it. And it's just, and this Netflix and uh, all these different things I can do on my phone. And it's just this little device that I can literally take everywhere with me. Stop it, you two. <laughs> you know, I, I was, uh, I'm not a massive fan of funerals. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a few things there's a few things that that impact me at funerals. The first thing about them is that we remember the person that had passed away, and I I just I just love hearing the stories of their life and the impact they've made in the people around them. It's just such a beautiful honoring moment. But the other thing that I love it's, it always leaves me asking the question: Am I investing? my life into the things that truly matter? Am I investing my life into the things that truly matter? We can get so caught up in the busyness. We can get so caught up in all the options that we forget. It's like, actually, is this what I want to be investing my life into? For me, I can, I can, I can be like, for me personally, and maybe you, t- you here today, I can be like Martha. I can miss the moment with God. So for me, I've had to 
put some things in place to help me to make sure that I don't miss the moment. We are, Luke 5 verse 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Withdrew, withdrew. You know, I just, I've just made the decision. It's called to stop. As I come to church, as I come into worship, I have to tell myself this simple phrase, this simple, simple phrase is I need to stop in this moment so I can experience what God has for me. You know, I'm sitting on the front row today, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a little bit, you know, skits, I don't know, but I'm looking, and I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, Falinga's got new pants, Nick's did something with his hair, and it was all over the shop. <laughs> I look over, is people, uh, is everyone sitting with someone? You know, all these kinds of things are going through my head, and I just... But just, you know, I just said to myself, I need to stop. Just to stop and say, you know what? We're in worship right now. I need to stop. And I just, I need to lift my hands and just open my heart for what God has for me in this moment. You know, I just lift my hands in the middle of worship. And God, I'm tuning everything out and I'm look focused on you. And his presence and his love come all over me. And you know, I found... That's the same almost every area of my life. <laughs> every area. In my quiet time with God, Jeremy spoke a brilliant message about how to have a quiet time, but the ability to not get distracted and to stop and go, you know what, God, this 15 to 30 minutes of my day, I'm expecting you. I'm expecting to know more of you. I'm expecting to get close to you. And God resp- responds to our focus in our heart. Do you know what's one amazing thing that I've noticed? Is that two types of people can leave our church. One person can come to Sunday and can say, you know what, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't receive anything. I didn't get anything out of Sunday. The second person can be a complete mess and say, this is the most life-changing moment of my entire life. Do you know what the difference is? It was an engagement of their heart. Ability to stop and go, you know what, I'm going to take in all that God has for me. You know, we, we had water baptisms last week. And it was just a beautiful moment with an older lady who's just sitting there and she's just ready, just taking in everything that God has for her in this very moment because she stopped, stopped, and just go, you know what, God, I'm going to receive from you right now in this place. Do you need to stop with God? Do you need to stop so you can make some space for him in your world? Do you need to stop watching Netflix on your phone? (laughs) Do you need to stop? Whatever it is, do you need to stop just to make room for God to move so powerfully? And the last one, but not the least important, is don't give up. I remember in high school, uh, I, I finished the end of grade 10, and I had made a decision in high school that, you know, my, a lot of my friendships in high school weren't very healthy and weren't good for me as a person. So I said, as I was leaving high school, I'm going to be leaving my friendships behind. And I had one good friend, one good friend. His name was Lockie. 
Nottingham since grade nine. Stand up, Lockie. <laughs> but I would, I would remember it is that he just kept pursuing me. He kept pursuing our friendship. He, because why? Because he valued it. And because he cared about it. And he, he just kept going and going and going. And eventually I caved and said, all right, let's hang out. And he was my best man at my wedding because of that moment. But, <laughs> but you know what? I find it's, it's like this with God. Is that sometimes in our lives, for whatever reason, we need to, we need to be the pursuers of him. We need to be the pursuers of him, to not give up, to go, you know what, God, I'm going to pursue you in this time. I'm not going to give up. I'm, I want more of you, God. I value our relationship. I want more of your love, your peace, and your joy in my life, in this place, because I love you, Jesus, because I love your, I want more of you. And you know what, there have been times in my life when I was a young person in youth, where I'd say to my leader, I don't feel God. I don't understand. I don't understand why I can't feel God. And my leader would just say, keep pressing in, keep pressing in. And then in a moment, a moment, just God just explode into my world in such a deeper level. Just a moment with him that completely changed my life. What, what would have happened if I didn't press into God? What would have happened if I didn't pursue him? You know, I could I was probably still be coming to church. But would I know him as intimately as I know him today? No, probably not. But it all, all it took was me to just keep pushing in. Pushing, pushing in. God responds to our heart. He responds to our cry. You know, the Bible's so clear. As we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. But notice there, it's we're the first action. We are the first action that we need to draw near to God for him to draw near to us.